Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. It has been such a wonderful summer with you guys. Welcome to all the new people who are joining us on Why Though. We're so happy to have you as guests and to our ride or dies who have been around forever. We're also so happy that you tune in every single week. It's been a pleasure to serve you guys with some incredible interviews over the summer. And today's guest is not going to disappoint either. But before I get into that, I wanted to tell you guys a really funny story. So last night, my son, my middle son, he is he just turned four literally a week ago. And he was having a little bit of trouble sleeping and so he went and crawled into our bed while my husband and I were watching some TV and we came in and found him and one of the things he likes to do is surround himself with items so he had brought in a lot of things from his own room but like one soft of the things, things? He, like soft toys sometimes books legos oh, you oh know, anything and stuffed animals, all kinds of things. He just like circles himself in things and then he had gotten my podcast mic off of my desk and had that laying in bed cuddling it like a stuffy <laughs> so when i came in he woke up a little and we just sat and talked for like 30 minutes and i said baby why did you um get mommy's podcast mic and he was like mommy i wanted to sing the power rangers theme song oh <laughs> so my he had gotten the mic and gosh. was laying in bed singing power rangers so i just thought that was with your yeti i love funniest this story yes with my yeti it was wonderful <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeti microphone, not the water bottle. I so, so I can't even deal. Now, here is the thing. It probably will. It's, yeah, it exactly. seems well funded. Um, no, here's the thing that's cracking me up. It was the Power Rangers theme song. Of course. I mean, is he into the Dino Fury it. one or Dino Beast? Which one is he into? Yeah, I'm curious. So he likes the Beast one and the Dino one, but it's the first time. They just started watching Power Rangers maybe like a week ago, two weeks ago. Oh, and so girl. it's brand new to them and they are very excited and it's awesome. So <laughs> let me tell you something, Ms. Abercrombie. Growing up, Power Rangers was completely off limits in our house because they of course, involved magic. Of course, were way yeah. too saved. Yeah. Totally, totally. And I w <laughs> but all my friends, I mean, it was the 80s, right? 80s, yeah. early 90s. So everybody was into power rangers mm -hmm. and i they would all play power rangers at recess and i would pretend like i knew what i was doing because i wanted to be i wanted to fit in and people are like well i'm the pink one i'm the yellow one i'm like if i only knew the base colors to pick from then they would know <laughs> <laughs> they would know i know so i'm like trying to like you know do my thing and uh, and now watching it as an adult not only the throwback ones on netflix but now they've got all these new ones because it uh -huh. was so popular all the yeah. throwback. i can't believe netflix was like wow kids really still love this there's just they love also, it for many kids it's their first foray into like superhero stuff like ordinary yeah people having that's power. true that um, is very true so kingston is hardcore jericho not so much but my my six-year-old is like power rangers through and through. in fact he was the blue ranger for halloween this last year Oh my gosh, our boys just asked if we could all be like a family of Power Rangers since there's five of us now. And oh, they like picked it. colors for everybody. Willow's going to be the pink Power Ranger. <laughs> so 
<laughs> what color are you? To dress what color up. are you? I forgot what they assigned me. Definitely not red or blue because that's their favorite. Probably yellow is what they gave me. I think dad is oh, green or yeah. black. So, yeah, it's very exciting around these parts. And for those of you who don't have kids yet, I'm so sorry. And thank you for enduring this wonderful conversation about our children and oh, their love for Power it. Rangers. Oh, stop it. They love it. They <laughs> yeah. love it. You know they love it. You fools love it. No, I'm joking. We love you all. Um, but also, y'all, it still slaps. This Power Ranger stuff is great. It's, it's I, so I adorable. I wholeheartedly disagree with <laughs> Tiffany here. I was looking at – but what I love about it, you guys, is that the villains are so fake that they're not even scary. It's like You're not the scared? way that okay, they dress so them up mean- and – no, I mean, they, these things are, it's ridiculous. Their costumes are ridiculous. Like sometimes the boys will be like, mommy, look, they have an extra head on their shoulder. Ha, 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 ha. You know, so yeah. I can appreciate it that they don't make it look so super terrifying like everything else on TV. <laughs> you know what? I totally agree. It really is so mm-hmm. silly. It's just it plain is. silly. I think for yes. me, it still stops because it was such a forbidden fruit growing mm. up. So I'd only watch it at friend's house. And now I'm like, look at me with my Netflix subscription watching. Like, Power Rangers in want. the comfort of my own home. You know? I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I want. Okay. Did you see Black Widow this last weekend? No, I did not. Neither we did, did I. go to the movies to see um, Family Business. Uh, what is it? Oh, Boss Baby. So we did actually go to the theater for the first time in two whole years. <gasps> oh. And it was really fun. But no, I haven't seen Black Widow yet. We will watch that one at home, even though everybody keeps saying we should see it in the theater. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Now that this whole release at home and the same time yeah. in the theater, I'm like, oh, yeah. Forget uh, it. This is so fabulous. Yeah. Literally never going out again. Why? I'm not. I'm, why would I do that? Also, I don't want to pay for childcare to go see these movies. Though. I'm not gonna exactly. So I'm I with save you. myself 30 bucks. Oh, 30 bucks. What? Who are you paying for childcare? Is it a 10 year old watching your kids? Oh, tw- I, thought you, I thought 10 bucks an hour. What are you paying? You can't get childcare for less than $20 an hour. Shut your face. Seriously? Yeah, no, 20? I don't know who you're paying $10 to, but that's impressive. I hope it's a teenager because if it isn't, you're going to have to raise their pay. <laughs> it is. I now you Okay. We might need to take this conversation offline because apparently I'm <laughs> underpaying. I am I am contributing to the wealth gap is what you're trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. I think you might be. But to you guys you guys gap. write us and let us know how much you're paying for child care. Because Please I don't. do know it's Please more don't, expensive people. in um, in California and New York for sure. Okay. I agree so with you on that. I agree with you. It's true. Okay, That's y'all. Okay. So today's guest is someone that we both love and adore. And I want to tell you a little bit about her. So Miss Sarah Bragg. Also, she sends my favorite email, one of them that comes to my inbox, it comes once a month. And she has a podcast called Surviving Sierra. And that's also the theme of her email. And she puts in all these recommendations. So some of the books I've read, some of my favorite podcasts I've listened to have come from Sarah's email list. Like she's a very good emailer for those of you who are looking for people who don't sell you things every time they send you an email. Oh, girl, I'm done with that. Sarah. You know <laughs> I'm done with that. Shoot. Yeah. So she's a super popular podcast host. She's a communicator. She's an author. And her podcast, Survive. Having Sarah is really a wonderful treat. And she's also the author of a new book coming out called A Mother's Guide to Raising Herself, What Parenting Taught Me About Life, Faith, and Myself. So she's a wife, a mom. She loves coffee. She's an entrepreneur. She's fabulous. She lives in Tennessee. And we cannot wait for you guys to, to hear this conversation with our wonderful friend, Sarah. So Sarah, say hi to the people and tell us something that's not in your bio. <laughs> hi, friends. I'm so happy to sit with you guys for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we are so excited. <laughs> and thank you for that sweet, like, in- kind words about I love my newsletter, too. It- anytime I can so use, good. like, Shit's Creek's gifts, I am I am here for it. <laughs> and I try to use as many every time. 
Um, okay, something that people don't know about me. Um, probably one of the things that is probably the newest thing is that I am like a horse mom now. Like, oh, whoa. I Same might more. be just be a horse blogger now. So my oldest, she has been riding horses for years, for probably, I don't know, five or six years. And like jumping, like, you know, she like jumps these wild animals over things, which is beyond me. Um, And so we've always been like, you know, an equestrian, you know, she rides. And then we moved to Tennessee. And sure enough, we built a horse fence and they came and we have two horses now. So, oh my, oh my gosh. I know. I know. So we are just I'm I'm loving it. Like every morning I walk out to feed them. Like in the normally the girls feed them every morning when school's in session, but I've been giving a little break over the summer and mm. doing the morning feeding and I mean they just get so happy to see me and they're so funny mm. and full of personality. It just makes my heart so happy. Oh my okay, god. What are your horses' names? Now I need to know. Yes. Okay, so we have a quarter horse. And her name is Daisy. She's brown, which I'm sure there's a more technical term my daughter would correct me on. Uh, but I'm just saying she's brown um, with a white stripe down her face. She's so beautiful. And mm. and then Maggie, she's a little white pony. Um, she's a large <laughs> pony, but she's 25. She is so like grown. Oh, wow. What in the world? Oh, Can you believe they live that long? So I know. So they um, they came to us from the farm where Sinclair Road in Atlanta. And so she already kind of knew them, which was perfect. And um, and so we just love them so much. Oh my How gosh. new is this? Like, when did you acquire your horses? Let's see. We've had them since the first of April. So just a oh, few so months. super new. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Like, it's so interesting, like, because, you know, horses, they can read your body language. They can read what you're feeling on the inside. Mm. So I'm having to learn all of these things, even about anxiety. Like, I'm having to give them, like, you know, like, if you have a a dog, you give them, like, monthly medicine for, like, fleas and ticks. Like, not a big deal. You give them this, like, treat-like thing and they eat it so with horses though it's like comes with a syringe you got to shoot it through their mouth and you're I'm going oh my gosh what's happening and so I have a sweet neighbor who's 75 and she helps me with my horses and she I love her so much and she was like she saw I think she could tell you know I was doing it for the first time and she's not now listen you need to take a deep breath before you do this because they can read if you feel anxious they're gonna feel anxious and I was like oh my Mm. gosh like it's just such a like I don't know there's just so much to learn even about how we're approaching our children with anxiety, all the things. I mean, there's just oh, so many yeah. lessons there, you know. But um, That's loving that we just have this, like, creature that can, like, sense what you're sensing and that is very aware of what you're feeling. And I don't know. It's just very, very interesting. Wow. You know, a couple of friends of mine here in California, when quarantine was going on a little bit longer than a year, began to get their children involved with horse lessons. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so uh, such an interesting choice, but they a few of them did it specifically because of their children's um, yes. anxiety. Oh, and yes. so that I didn't know that context that you just shared, because I thought, oh, yes. that's interesting. I would never pick horses, but I guess something about being outside in the elements mm-hmm. and feeling connected to the animal that feels connected to you yes. is very healing for the children. And I yes. didn't know that. There's a lot of, um, I guess they call it equine therapy. And there is, Mm. there's so much, they're so good for it. You know, and it's interesting, my oldest, who she's always carried the most anxiety out of my girls. And and Mm. I remember one time she was riding and this horse, she did did something that normally this horse would have bucked the person off off their back. And Mm. her trainer said, I can't believe that he kept you on. Like he felt you falling and he did something. Like he adjusted himself to keep her on. He goes, he must Mm. like 
have a deep desire to love and protect you. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to cry all over the farm right now. There is just something, there's something neat about it. I don't know fully what it is, but I think that is so precious. I love that. Why don't we unpack that for a second? Because I think about anxiety, you know, there's lots of people listening who have children and lots of people who don't. Mm -hmm. But can you maybe talk about how anxiety impacts children and kind of what that triggers in us and what we can do about our anxiety? It's completely unrelated, but I just really would love to know. know, It's been really hard, um, you know, parenting a child who carries anxiety because you or at least my personality, I want to fix everybody like Mm. if you have a problem I don't want to see you in pain I don't want to see you struggle I want to give you three steps to get through it like this is Mm. just how I operate and I've learned a great deal about kind of the element of empathy and pausing and paying attention when it comes to anxiety because it really is so high on the riser our kids are dealing with so much anxiety and stress and just for the record I mean uh, sidebar, I mean, there is a stress is normal <laughs> so much. And so we don't want to paint our kids a picture that life is always supposed to be happy and easy, that right, some stress, right. like when you work out, your body's under stress, but it's good. You know, there's some stress right. that is good that you need. Um, but I, I know with, I've learned so much about managing our emotions and being able to name our emotions that have been helpful in dealing with anxiety and trying to help my daughter deal with anxiety. You know, for instance, when, um, she started middle school and going into sixth grade and we would drive to school and she would be so overcome with anxiety. She's like, my stomach hurts. And I would help Mm. her like, okay, well pay attention. You know, why do you think your stomach hurts? Like uh, maybe like, do you think you might be nervous? Yeah, I think I might be nervous about that. I said, well, that's just your body's Mm. way of trying to protect you. It wants to make sure you're okay. So, so you look around and you tell yourself if you're okay. Like, do I have enough mm. reason to be like, should I be running for the hills or am I okay? Like, I'm just nervous because it's new and I just aren't, aren't really sure what, you know, schedule of the day is like, and listen to your body. Your body's just trying to protect you. And so mm. those are things that we've been learning. I would have never, I would have never known about because again, I didn't stop to think about my own emotions or what I was feeling. I just like, let's just blaze through and get to the, to the finish line. Um, and so I've been learning so much about sitting and, um, not offering her the solution, but just sitting and going, yeah, you're right. This is hard. Or, oh man. Yeah. You, I bet you are nervous. That does sound like a lot, you know, that's, that's empathy. And so much of dealing with our, our kids anxiety, gosh, I've learned so much. I feel like even just how to relate to myself with all of that. So Sarah, transitioning, tell us about how working with your own daughters and working through their anxiety kind of brought you to this place of relearning and remothering yourself because this is something um, Ashley knows I'm super fascinated by and I think we all have a capacity in place to look at our own lives and see what works mm-hmm. and what hasn't in our how we were parented and what we want to take to the, our next generation. So talk about how that um, kind of came to be this idea of remothering yourself. You know, I think when I became a parent, I really did think that there was some formula, like A Mm. plus B equals C, right? Like if I read all the books or if I listened to all the right things or I talked to all the right people, I would figure this out and we would just like cruise like really easily and like bumps wouldn't be very big at all. And I quickly, I mean like maybe day one, realized that was not working. <laughs> like it was mm, just, totally. you know, like the, you think you figure it out and then the next day it changes. And, and there's just so, I, I started realizing over and over again, your parenting 
a human who has their own sense of agency. A parent. Right. Okay, so what I learned is that raising these kids, all these things, all those ways I was trying to parent them, thinking, oh, if I can just figure this out. It really was more about raising myself, looking at those things that were hard, looking mm. at those things that were rising to the surface, looking at the you know, uncertainty and the inauthenticity and the perfectionism and all the things and realizing that I need to do the work on becoming my better self, that that's really mm. what the focus is, is, is raising myself, looking at growing myself up and becoming more and becoming truer. Um, and then I can handle whatever little person that is in front of me better Mm. because that way I'm not looking at fixing them I'm looking at really kind of fixing myself and going why is this right you know when I'm parenting the anxiety we we opened up talking about that and I'm feeling anger I'm feeling anxiety or I'm feeling fear being curious and looking at those things and going why am I feeling this way what is going on and just being introspective and curious and and trying to grow up in those ways that I'm becoming a better version of myself or a more free version of myself mm. and, and putting the emphasis on that versus trying to make my daughter turn out a certain way. Right. It's one of the things I love about you because you have these values that you talk about conversation, connection, and curiosity. So mm. I thought that that was a really interesting way that you just talked about this, like for Mm -hmm. you to ask yourself when you're getting angry or when you're responding to anxiety, even if you don't have kids, like this could happen to you at work with a coworker, with a boss, Mm -hmm. it could happen in a friendship. It could happen in a dating, you know, relationship. It could happen in marriage. Like we all get triggered by these things, but why do you Mm -hmm. approach it with curiosity? Mm Because I think my first instinct is to be like, wait a minute, what's wrong with me? Why am I reacting this way? Um, And so I think like that posture of curiosity, where does that come from? And have you always been that way? Mm -hmm. Or did you have to like cultivate this I mean because that's a hard pause to do yes. like to be no, curious I have not always been this way I feel like <laughs> I I was what you just described that was my first reaction was like what is wrong with me like there's right. something wrong with me and had a more negative approach to it and right. so much of my curiosity I think has come in my late 30s to 40s um, and it's become, it's come from my kids. You know, I, I look at my kids and, and you see such a natural bent towards curiosity in them mm, and, yeah. and kind of paying attention to that. Um, but then the more that I became curious myself, the more that I became more open minded on things that opened myself up, um, I, I saw that I was less judgmental. Um, not just towards mm. others, but towards myself. So right. then I was able to, instead of saying, what's wrong with you? Why are you, why are you like this? Why are you so awful? Those things that we want to shame ourselves, those ling- that language we use. When I began to be more curious, I was just so much more compassionate towards myself. Um, I still like one of the, the chapters I wrote about was um, be kind to yourself. We all make mistakes. Mm. And that was that, right. that, that has that level of curiosity that, it's okay. Like this is so normal. Be, you know, be kind to yourself. This is, this is just what happens sometimes. It's not because you're this awful human who can't do a certain thing. Right. Um, and, and that became, that was, I had to start learning that because I was looking at my daughters and that was the words they were saying if they messed up, Ugh, I'm the worst kid oh. in the world. Right. And you mm. don't want to hear your kids saying that you're like, why totally. are they saying this? And when I started questioning why that curious question, why are they saying this? Then I had to look at, well, why am I saying this? <laughs> you know, why do oh, I yeah. think that I'm the worst? And so I think truly as I became older, um, towards that midlife, you know, moment, um, 
And then watching the curiosity in my own kids, I became more curious. That was, I think I became, I started thinking about growth mindsets. I always had a fixed mindset when it came to parenting um, and my children and realizing, gosh, growth that we're all, I hope I'm different, you know, 10 years from now than I am right now. I hope I continue to grow and develop and having that same attitude towards our children. And I think all of that is related to if we had that posture of curiosity, that we are going to ask questions, we're going to wonder why, we're going to say what if in a positive way versus a negative way. And mm. if we had, if we approached our people like that, I really do feel like we would be more compassionate. Gosh, that's so good. Yeah, it is. I think just the basis, believing that you're valuable, believing that Mm -hmm. you're worthy of curiosity and that you're worthy of kindness and you're worthy of tenderness. Because like, I I love how you said that, Ashley, like we think, oh, why am I like this? What did I do? And then hearing Mm -hmm. it out of the mouth of the people we love, it might not be our kids. It might be a partner. It might be a friend even that we care for. And you're like, hey, whoa, be nice to yourself. Yes. And, and so I think just believing that at every season of life, we are inherently worthy, we're beloved, we're worthy of growing and evolving, and we're worthy of valuing ourselves in such a way that we deserve goodness. Yeah. And, um, I love that you brought up curiosity and that that's such a tenet of your work. Um, just last week, we talked about how curiosity, I, I'm convinced, is the like key to life. Mm, yes. <laughs> just curiosity about what God's at work, curiosity in our approach to learning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's curiosity in our approach to relationships, curiosity. I'm, I'm just convinced it's, it's everything too. good. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am too. And when you look at that, that I mean, it truly does help you to have perspective and empathy and all these things that make relationships work well and to have kindness towards each other. I think it's because we, when we approach each other, like, I might be wrong or tell me more right. about what you think. That just yeah. sets us all up for a better relationship with each other. And that's yes. curiosity. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. I was reading the other day and it was um, the article that I was reading was talking about how kindness is evidence of spiritual maturity. And I just thought that was a really beautiful thought. Um, you know, it goes along with curiosity because I think curious people tend to be kinder because you mm. don't jump to judgment. You know, you're not yes. like making assumptions about others when you're curious and something that a child does or that another person does could be something that you respond to positively versus if you have a judgmental mm-hmm. fixed mindset, like you said, then you would tend to respond perhaps more negatively. Yes. But I liked that idea of kindness being um, a mark of spiritual maturity. Like when we're mm-hmm. kind to ourselves, when we're kind to others. And I do, I agree. I think it's rooted in that curiosity, that mm-hmm. posture of empathy that just makes all of us want to be close to each other instead yes. of being so judgmental. And it's rampant in our world, especially in Christian circles, you know, where people are making assumptions about others. And what do you think about that? And how do you tackle that? Right. You know, and that's what, as you were talking, all I kept thinking of is I was so certain about so much of life. Right. Especially before I had kids and in the early (laughs) years of parenting. And raising my kids is what highlighted the uncertainty of life. So whether that right. was, so then it made me look at all the things that I thought was so certain about my faith and what I knew to be so true. And, and then I thought, gosh, the more, so then when I started realizing, I just, I want to have a posture of curiosity toward the, mm-hmm. towards this. And I opened myself up to being way less judgmental because I kept going, well, maybe it's, maybe there's more than I understand. Maybe there's more than what I just know. Maybe I don't have, you know, the right answer about everything. Um, Maybe the way that I read the Bible isn't how everybody reads the Bible. You know what I mean? Like I started opening that up so wide. And when I let go of that certainty, 
kindness followed and all the love followed because I no longer mm. viewed myself as better because I have the right answer. I have this certain answer. Right. Um, and I, I think I'm going to probably butcher the quote, but Anne Lamont, she says the opposite of, let's see, what is it? The opposite of faith is not doubt. It's certainty. Mm. So true. Right. Right. So true. And and so if we can have that posture of, you know, I can sit okay in the uncertainty and I can Mm -hmm. be okay to not know it all or that I might be wrong or that I might not have it figured out. Mm -hmm. I really do think if we more approached each other and the people who believe differently from us or look differently from us, if if we had that posture, that's faith, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, you know what this makes me think of, y'all? Don't judge me. <laughs> we I might. believe it's episode... No, you will. I believe it's episode eight. Episode eight of Ted Lasso. Uh, yes, about, yes. The darts. Yes, he, he, the, the darts. darts. Yep. Yes. And he said, you know, the key is being curious. Mm-hmm. And he and he's even talked about that's what kept him kind. And like, mm-hmm. when you get to know people, you can't, I mean, essentially, you can't hate them. You, right. They, they, they're humanized right before your eyes. Mm. So I just love that. And also, kindness is a fruit of the spirit, too. Like, let's not forget that this yes. is something that's being yes. uh, developed and fostered in us as we grow closer to the Lord. When I think of how'd she do that and having you on, Sarah, I think you have just embodied this idea of what it means to look at your life in every season and understand that there's room to grow and we haven't yeah. arrived. We are and and right. it is for not only our benefit, but for the kingdom's benefit, for our children's benefit, for our friends' benefit, for our partners' benefit. Everybody wins when we commit to the to the work. When we mm, commit yeah. to the work of growth and moving away from that certainty and, and, and that posture of learning. Yeah. Yes. That's right. I love that. That's right. And Sarah, I'm so struck by your title. A mother's mm-hmm. guide to raising herself. And I feel like there's so many of us out here who in some ways, even if we had great mothers or even if we had, you know, difficult relationships with our mothers are all trying to raise ourselves, yeah. you know, yes. yeah. you, and I think as you age too, I don't know if you guys experience this, but I think as you age, you have less and less opportunity to learn from other mothers who are older, mm-hmm. who have gone yeah. ahead. Like you don't get to see their life up close as much as we might hope to be able to learn things. So why did you title that? Cause I feel mm-hmm. like even with people without kids, can relate to this like as we grow we're just trying to figure this out and what does that mean for us as women and for our connect the connections between us like talk about that a little bit yes well you're so right that it doesn't matter if you're a mother or not the the things that I talk about this in this book are just human and um, it just so happened that the greatest catalyst for my own growth happened to be children and so it was by raising them that it was like, oh, I've got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to become. Um, and so I titled that. I had a great relationship with my mom. I was, you know, she was my best friend for, you know, growing up and in adult life and have always had a great mom. But it is that natural thing where you look at your own life and you realize if I want to keep developing as a human and growing, I need to do some work. It is not just, you know, you graduate high school and you're done. That's not what it's really becoming an adult, becoming more human. And, and so I really just titled it because it really is on us to allow whatever that is for us, whatever the catalyst is for each of us. So whether it's children or maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a hardship or rejection or just midlife in general, there's so many catalysts for growth and for change. And we, we allow that those things, whatever that is, that catalyst, if we allow it, 
to do the work in us and to allow yeah. it to go. I'm, there's more I want to become. There's a better and a more truer version of myself mm. out there, and I'm going to find it. Mm. Mm. So as that. we as we wrap up, Sarah, would you just speak to these why though beautiful listeners mm-hmm. that we are just over over the moon for and just encourage them encourage them wherever they're at they might be on the treadmill they might be doing laundry they might be in the car would you just speak to them right now i want you to know that i see you that we all all three of us we see you and that you you might be struggling to feel seen to feel worthy to feel like gosh am i enough am i doing enough but today just remember that showing up is enough your presence, wherever you are, in whatever relationships you're doing, the work you're doing um, with yourself, you are enough. Just show up today as you are, and that is enough. Whether you get a lot done or you don't get a lot done, just showing up is enough. Mm. Oh, so well said. <laughs> well, Sarah, tell the good people where they can find you. Yes. Online, it's sarahbragg.com. And on Instagram, it's sarahwbragg. And we'll have links to all of that in the show notes, as well and as a to link her to newsletter. Your book. Oh yes, of yes. course, it's fabulous, you guys. I'm trying Thank to tell you. you, it's a fabulous once a month <laughs> situation in your inbox. Also, you all know how much Ashley unsubscribes from everything all the time. So when she says this, <laughs> yeah, I that mean means it. something. That mm-hmm. means something, oh, people. I love that. That makes me so happy. <laughs> this it's woman unsubscribes good. like it's her full time job. I, I, I get do. you not. <laughs> I love that. I don't subscribe much, but it's I don't stay very long either. Yes. <laughs> I'm not proud she of had to actually teach me how to unsubscribe from text messages because I kept getting, I was signing up for coupons and then I said, I don't know how to make it stop. And she's like, listen, here's what you do. I'm right, like, no, stop. This is the, if anybody needs that, that's all it is. Yes. Super easy. Ta- t- say it again. Say it again. Because there's just, people like me who don't understand how, yes. world, how the so world works. So all you have to do is type back STOP in all caps and all text messages that you get from the coupon you wanted or whatever, they stop immediately. They can no longer text you. Just so right. you guys know. Now, There's if you hack. continue, right. if you really want that Jimmy Jones coupon, though, you got to stay subscribed, <laughs> right. okay? Right. Do not unsubscribe. <laughs> but when you wanted to send flowers to your friend and you tried to save that 15% off, mm-hmm. off the $150, mm-hmm. I mean, unsubscribe after that because yes, you're going to get correct. those texts every day. Every Go day. ahead and do it. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, listeners, we're wild about you. We love you. Go check out yeah. Sarah's work, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sarah, for coming. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Hey listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.